Mean Old Lion Media presents the history of being black. Hi, hello to you. I'm Jay Hall, and this is the History of Being Black podcast, where we're talking all things black, past, present, and future high effects. And today, me being the new host, I got actually my first guest. I got my first guest. I got my first guest. So let me let me get this right. I got keynote speaker, culture influencer, fellow writer, and blogger. But I'm not a filmmaker, but must respect to you, Miss Luana M. Gray Sellers. How are Thank you? I'm good. Thank you so much. And I gotta say, I'm honored to be your first guest. <laughs> you the first. It, it, it was it was literally hit me as I was talking. Like, wait, this is this is the first guest. Oh, I gotta tell her that. I gotta tell her that. That's that's just that's awesome. you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah, you nope. can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, first, <laughs> how are you? Is I ask everybody since the pandemic shut down. Like, how how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. All things considered, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm working through. You know, I'm. It's everything's just been different since yeah. 2020, and I feel like every year after that has been a sequel. So 2021 was a sequel, and now I'm feel like I'm living in the trilogy. You know what I mean? <laughs> now next year might be a saga because we don't do trilogies no more. We'll go like four or five, right? So. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm working through and I'm adjusting. I'm, I'm not really at a place of good or bad, just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. You know, if that does, if that makes sense. No, it makes, makes total sense. sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I like yeah. the sequel thing that you, you said, I hope you don't mind if I use that. No, no, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you probably felt that way in your own right. Cause I'll be, yeah. you know, people be like, Oh yeah, we're back to normal. I'm like, Nope. There's a there's a new normal. I don't know what normal you going back to. I'm sitting at my dinner table right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't exactly. <laughs> you know, I I have no understanding of normal that you are referring to. Those days are long gone. So exactly. And 2020 really was a marker for you know moving forward. So everything else yeah. is the sequel. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot of for myself things that I I knew. I didn't realize. I always, you know, I hate to use this reference, but it's, I know when I watch TV, getting shot hurts, right? But yes. if I was to get shot, I would realize that that ish hurts. And so a lot of the lessons I learned throughout my journey in my life, through my upbringing, I was realizing it now. I had, I was already living in them and functioning, but I was realizing them during the shutdown. Yeah. Of everything I am and can be and everything. And, you know, that's why I don't, I don't take for granted. When I say, how are you? I, I wait. I don't even say, how are you? And get to talking. I'm like, <laughs> I could be on the elevator. If someone says, how are you? I'm, I'm, I pause, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a legit answer that I think I took for granted uh, for so many years. No, I totally and, understand that. And, and, you know, 2020 in, in a lot of ways was a real change in how, life is, especially as a black person, you know, with all of the things that were going on, you know, in America. So yeah, it's like you said, the sequel. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know I gave off some points, but you know, let's tell people who may not know who you are. Well, uh, I have been writing for, well, let me back up even further. I have a degree in journalism and I have a degree in Black history, but I never really started using either of them until the last, say, six or seven years. 
And I have really used both of those to focus not only on Black history, but on Gullah history. And in the the writing that I've been doing, it has led to not only a deeper discovery of myself but, and, and my family's lineage, but so much more. And so it has just kind of bloomed into writing documentaries, video shorts, articles, and now a podcast. So so just uh, expanding all of the different different avenues that I have access to to um, to share the culture. Feel like when it comes to blackness as a whole, we're always in search. Especially if you're a sixteen, nineteen descendant. You know, I yeah. remember I'm born and raised in Detroit, and when I moved to the East Coast, I remember um, you know meeting people who were like African, and they can trace their generations like five generations back, just off the top of their head. And, you know, I was, all I knew was my family migrated from South Carolina, which makes this conversation even more interesting. And I didn't know anything about Gullah or Geechee. You know, I always thought that term, somebody was saying you were joking or you were being a geek or you were laughing historically. But I, I, did, I did not know it, it was actually a community of people. And yeah. to know that it's a community of people in one of the states is where my origin is from, is something that it took me for a pause to kind of understand because there's always a, you know, a who am I, you know? And I, I remember I read that in your bio and I mean, I must've reread that sentence a thousand times of like, who yep. am I? Cause what is that question of like, who am I? And so what make your search personal and educational at the same time for you? Well, you know, it, it all goes back to growing up, I had uh, two aunts, two great aunts, who would always call themselves Geechee, but they never said what Geechee was. And I knew what Gullah was, like you said, some people who are living, you know, in a particular place. But until I moved to South Carolina, because I was born in New York, till I moved to, to South Carolina and really started doing a deeper dive into my lineage, like that five generations back you were talking about, until until then, I realized that not only am I a Gullah Geechee, but through the work and the research that I've done, it turns out that close to 89% of Black people who, I love how you just said, are 16, 19 descendants, they're Gullah Geechee too. And to me, that's mind-blowing. And so my writing has been a, a um, self-discovery of myself, but what I'm finding is that I have a lot of people who are following me who are having that aha moment like I have and realizing that there's a culture that I am a part of, a rich and incredible culture that I didn't even know about. And I, I'm, I know that's the story for a lot of other people too. It is so hard to not take it personal. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, it, it is extremely hard to not take it personal because respectfully, we should not be having this conversation. There, there's, there's no reason why we should be having this conversation about our history and all of that. When you look at other groups here in America, even if they are immigrants or whatever, they have a sense of their country, right? 
you and I, we sit here yes. and we, as we're born, and we're from two different places, but there's this piecing together of our narrative and and taking ownership of it and, and tracing our roots in the, in the steps of Alex Haley and, you know, and how he felt talking to Malcolm in that. Yes. I was reading your um, Celebrating Hilton Head and Black History and to find out that February is not only Black History Month, but it's Gullah Representation Month or History Month also too. Yes. Can you smile Gullah on celebration. that? Yes. Okay, go to celebration. Yes. yes. And and actually October is Gullah Heritage Month. So again, it's it, it's mind-blowing to me and a lot of people that some people can say that they're I'm an Italian American and you know, they can go back whatever generations. All my life, I didn't have that. I mean, yes, I called myself a Black American. My sister used to, we used to argue. She called herself African-American. But to me, that didn't really mean anything because I, when I was a child, I didn't know Africa where. You know, DNA testing and stuff, you know, you can kind of figure out what, what country in Africa, but specifically, you still can't do that. But for me, and to be able to connect with, I am a Gullah Geechee American. And my cultural roots started in the sea islands of the United States. It, it, it just gives you a, a grounding and um, identity that I never had before. And I know that's the same for a lot of people. Yeah. In your article, you talked about how the history of it is the plantation owners were escaping the Union. They were running yes. from the Union in the Civil War. And so they pretty much left the slaves there on that island. Yes. And then there's this whole community there. For you, you been, I'm, I'm assuming, of course, I mean, even in Arco, you've been at, what was, you know, they say the grass is green on every side, right? So what, what was the small things that you were feeling when you were, when you were there or, or present? Like, did you taste the food? What, what was the first thing that enlightened your senses when you were there? Um. The the first thing, well, two things I'll I'll unpack for for you. There are 750 sea islands on the coastline, so I live on Hilton Head, but from Florida all the way to North Carolina, all of those sea islands, it was the same story. So it doesn't have to be a South Carolina Gullah Geechee. It can be a North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, all of that. But anyway, for me the research that I was able to do and connect to my grandmother's great-great-grandfather, who was an escaped slave from John's Island and was able to join the Union Army, he was stationed on Hilton Head. So for me, the that connection and the tangibleness for it is that Every day I could be walking in the same place that he did, where he was when he was fighting for his freedom and for the freedom of every other enslaved person, you know, that, that existed. So that's my biggest connection and, and um, um, emotional tie that comes from the culture, because everything else, that identity and, and everything else that goes along with it. That's just gravy, but living in the the space 
and and experiencing the the wherewithal and everything that he did to struggle so that I can be here today and talk about him. That's that's what's good for me. So let me just backtrack for a second. You okay. are a, you're you're a New Yorker, Long Island, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, know I, I, I lived in Brooklyn um, a couple of times. And so, you know, New Yorkers can be very proud. And then you move south. Was that a cultural clash for you? Or, I mean, I know you said that you realized you loved it more because of the weather. I've never heard a New Yorker say that ever in my life. That <laughs> They went down south and they were like, oh, this is the place to be. I've never heard that. I might have seen that in a retired gangster film. But I've never read that from anybody. Can you just touch on that? Do you think that that also is was the beginning parts of your journey to where you are now? Definitely. And you know, first of all, I, I'm just, I was I've always known that I'm not a cold weather person. You know, personality wise, I am truly a New Yorker. You know, matter of fact, every once in a while you'll hear a word that I say that is totally New York. So oh, I heard it. all right all right yeah you know so so that that i i can't hide from but you know my time in the south and you know i went from new york to florida and from florida to to hilton head the the i i and i tell people you know my plan was not to move to south carolina when i tell people i moved i say i moved to hilton head not south carolina because mm. I didn't have a connection with South Carolina. What's what's interesting is, is that with all of the research that I've done and the connection to my ancestors and, and even having been able to, to take the research to the point where I found where my ancestor, his name is Caesar Ravenel, by the way, where Caesar was actually born and the plantation that my ancestors were enslaved that has made South Carolina home for me and has given me the connection to South Carolina that I never thought I had because I was denying it for a long time. You know, <laughs> I would say, yeah, Hilton Head, it's a it's a country all of itself. But, you know, but now now there's there's a pride because it is attached to the culture that uh, is mine. Now, I was reading your article, Finding Georgetown. And immediately I realized it wasn't Georgetown to DC, it's the port of Georgetown to South Carolina. Yes. And so you were describing how it was, you know, the feeling and the chills that were going through your body. I identify with that on a slight bit because when my family first took me back down to South Carolina, um, I was 20. My family is from a town called Newberry. Mm-hmm. And everybody got the same numbers at the last two digits. So you know, I was remember I was talking to this girl and I said, what's your phone number? She said, 25. And I said, not your age. What's your phone number? And she said, no. And my cousin had to tell me. He said, first of all, she might be related to you. Second, um, <laughs> everyone has the last same number to the last two digits. And I'm like, wow, this is a small town. You know what I mean? But um, I've been back a couple of times after that. And um, as I've gotten older, I, when I walk, you were describing how you felt frustrated and you felt like joy and that in between. And I identified with that so much because I had that same feeling of, yo, this is where my grandfather, you know, walked in, you know, and he took his family and he left and all of that. You were talking about the slave statues and, you know, the names of it and everything. You give a really good description of that. Did you feel some sort of inherited trauma response seeing that? Because, you know, somebody built that statue and they, you know, and you could look at it as historical, but, 
for me, I'm just going to speak for myself. Sometimes it can like look like a prop, depending on who built it and why. Can you describe that feeling for you? You know, it, it's it's something that I am still processing. You know, that that article and, and going there for the first time was last fall. So, you know, I'm like maybe six, eight months past that. But I'm still processing it. And my mother was there with me and she's still processing it because the area, it's beautiful. You know, it's grounds. People get married there and all of that. But when I realized that both my mother's maternal and paternal ancestors were both enslaved there and and could actually see their names on a plaque that's on the grounds, yeah, it gave a completely different meaning to my being there. So I wrestled with, I'm in this beautiful space. And, you know, sometimes you see these trees that are like 400 years old or however old they are. And I'm looking at it and saying, that's probably a tree that my ancestors looked at. And, you know, what were they experiencing when they looked at it? Yes, it's a beautiful place, but it being there for them, they may not have been able to experience the beauty of being there because of the situation they were in. And that's deep, you know, and it's and it's really hard to process. And I'm still trying to process that. And so I'm still growing. You know, I, I'm very clear in my writing. You know, this is a journey for me and I don't have a problem taking people on that journey with me and hopefully they can understand. But but it's a process. It's a process. And and it's hard, uh, you know, especially when, you know, you see some of the, the huge trees that that the the enslaved men were chopping down by hand. And some of those trees were like you know, maybe 20 feet around in diameter. And they're using these crude handsaws to do it. You know, and the life cycle of them was only three to five years. And, you know, they were dying from a whole bunch of stuff. So so knowing that and being there and putting those connections together, it's deep and it's hard. I'm, it's still hard, but it's definitely something that I'm glad that I know and can have, have been able to experience because hindsight being 2020, I wouldn't do it any other way. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to know. Now I want to know. Now I want to know more, as much as I can find. You know, hearing that and processing it as best I can and within a short time, I can recognize the work or the labor that it can hit on a person, right? And someone who's hearing this might feel the same way. But why do you feel that it is significant for us as Black folk here in this country to do that personal journey of our heritage and go beyond what we were just told by our aunties sitting on the porch or our uncles and they who were saying things very casual, you know, we're Geechee and we're such and such. Why do you think it is important for us to go further than that? You know, as a child, and, and I kind of, mentioned it earlier. My sister and I, we we always had this debate. She was very Afrocentric. I've always not been Afrocentric. And so for me, when I was in school and like take International Day, everybody can say, you know, I'm Italian, I'm Chinese, I'm, you know, whatever. 
Black that didn't mean anything to me. Black American or African American, it didn't mean anything. It's like Africa where, you know, Africa who? I mean, I can say I, I'm from New York, but at that time I couldn't say that what I know now, that I'm a Nigerian, you know, descendant, that, that my ancestors came from there. And so for me, for children who don't know what they are and an adult who also doesn't know who they are or where they come from or the culture, the fact that they have a foundational culture that um, grew out of, out of just being um, determined to, to maintain traditions and cultures and, and language, that's a huge connection that I, I encourage everybody to have. Because if we don't know where we came from, then we don't know where we can go. And so, and where, where we can be in the future. And so having that cultural foundation has been really, really um, tremendous for me. And, and, and fortunately through my writing, a lot of people tell me, thank you. Every single day, someone says thank you for not only sharing my story with them or giving them the information so that they can I identify their own story. And it's life-changing. Yeah, I want to thank you, too, because, you know, going to college was my first time meeting people who were saying, oh, I'm from Trinidad and I'm from Jamaica and things of that nature. And, you know, it was kind of like a small put down of, you know, you know, what do you have? And, you know, what culture you have? And I'm like, Black Americans have contributed to 99.9% of this country and the world in that influence. And I, I like to call it, I'm so food Black. You know, just, <laughs> that's just, you know, that's just, that's who I am, right? But I, I, I will take time and um, thank you for giving me that last, that last bit of encouragement to go um, further than that. Um, before we go, I think there's something really important. One last question. How do you separate the legend from the truth when you're on these journeys? Because, you know, we have those folk stories that our families have been passing on from generations. How do you separate that? You know, do you go about it like Alex Haley and you make a, you know, he, I think he had a term called faction or fiction or whatever, where he combined it. How do you separate that? Or do you separate it at all? Well, you know, Going back to Caesar and and a lot of the ancestors that I've been able to uncover, documentationally, I have been able to really get a good sense for who he was. And sometimes paper information can tell you all of those things. So for instance, in, in Caesar's case, I know that he, he um, self-emancipated himself. I know that he he joined uh, the Union Army. Um, I know he was too young to do it, but he lied, you know, so that he could, you know, he said that he was 20, but he was actually closer to 16 or 15 years old. I know that that while he was in in military service, they had to the the army, even though the Union Army needed and wanted you know black people to serve in the in the military, they were charging them for their equipment. So he was struggling when when he left the military, he owed the government like thirty two dollars for his defective uniform and his his defective equipment. So I mean, I know he struggled after that, 
So there's a lot of documentation that that if you dig hard enough, you can find. And um, it, it paints the picture for you. You know, my, my grandmother knew um, Caesar only for a little bit. So she kind of described what he was like when she was a child. But all of the, the documents and information that I've been able to get, that just kind of fills in a lot of the, the details that, that um, I may not have been able to find if I didn't, you know, keep digging. So I definitely encourage everybody, you know, to, to see and find whatever information they can about their ancestors. This has been great. This, this has been wonderful. I don't know. This is a, this is a bar that you set being the first guest, Luana. I have to tell you that (laughs) this is a bar. This is a bar because if you get to know me a little bit, this is right up my alley. I know some friends are going to be like, Ooh, cause I'm always walking around like proud 1619 ever since the, you know, the article came out. So this has really hit the spot for me. Um, thank you very much. Um, please let welcome. everyone know. Yeah, please let everybody know your, your social medias, you know, what you're working on, and also how can we help support you know you in that journey. Well, um, all of my writing is done on LowCountryGullah.com. I, I house it on on LowCountryGullah.com. So there's articles uh, like the one that you were talking about finding Georgetown as well as articles on the culture and history and information to to uh, get anybody started on their journey including how to do research on their family lineage so that is there uh, I'm on social media uh, we, we talked about my doing documentaries so I'm on YouTube I'm on everything else, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, TikTok, you can find me. It's all under Low Country Gullah. And uh, and now I just started my own podcast, uh, which is also called Low Country Gullah, and uh, starting to just kind of give not only the history and information about what I do, but also unpack a lot of the things like we were talking about, you know, being on a plantation and things like that. So adding some commentary to, to uh, the writing that, that I do. So um, I'm, I'm not that hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is good. That is good to know. Um, thank you, Luana. No, I thank appreciate you. you. Thank you very much for um, being on the show. Thank you for spreading your knowledge because information is key. And I definitely appreciate you for coming. And, you know, please feel free to reach out. If any way I can help or contribute, repost and all of that, please, you know, let me know. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank um, you. I appreciate that too. And, and and I appreciate your having me on as your first guest. It's, yes. it's an honor I will always wear. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. If you think I'm lying, from here on out, I'm letting everybody know, hey, listen, this is the bar. Now, hey, walk away with that as you feel. But this, there's, there's been a bar set very high, okay? The first episode, you know, that was me. But the guest part, whoo, you know what I mean? I'm not worried about going against myself, but you got to worry about going against this bar right here. So definitely. Well, now, now I'm humbled yet honored. <laughs> honored yet humbled. Yes, because yes. I'm, ooh, you, you set the bar very, very high and I, I appreciate you. Um, Thank you very much. Um, That's it for this episode of The History Being Black. I'm Jay Hall. As usual, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Jay Hall Society. Make sure you go to the IG for The History Being Black. Show the support. 
Make sure you also write comments in the comment section. Make sure you support Luana M. Gray Sellers. Make sure you support her also as well. We appreciate you for checking us out. As usual, be blessed, most successful, and we'll talk to you soon. The History of Being Black is hosted by Jay Hall, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the History of Being Black podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. Find the History of Being Black podcast on IG at The History of Being Black. Follow the Mean O'Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean O'Line Media. Get the Mean O'Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The History of Being Black podcast is a Mean O'Line Media production.